0: Kittens, you guys and dolls, you diesel-powered disciples of cool. This is the Diesel Powered Podcast, and we are the voice of Diesel Punk. I am your host, John Pica, also known to some of you as Big Daddy Cool Johnny Delaroca, and I am swinging solid from the Houdini Room here at the Casa de Cool, the palatial Diesel Punk Studios for the Diesel Powered Podcast. Also on the line with me are my partners in crime from Little Rock, the amazing Mr. Wofford. Hello, hello. Hello, Mr. Wofford. And also from Memphis, the daring darling of the skies, Daisy O'Dare.
1: Good evening, Shakes and Shebas.
0: Good evening, Daisy. And hopefully joining us shortly will be The boss, Larry Amiet, he uh, messaged us just as we were going live that uh, he's running late and uh, we'll try to jump on as soon as he can. Uh, So, hey guys, you know what? The last couple of weeks, and I don't know about you, but for me, have been overwhelmingly busy. And so I did not put together a formal agenda outline of topics that we're going to be covering on the show tonight. I just figured for the next 30, 45 minutes, we just play it fast and loose. You know, we'll just kind of wing it. Now, for you guys listening in the audience, you might be expecting a little bit more. But, hey, you know what? We're just going to have fun. We're going to have fun tonight, and we're not going to worry about sticking to a, a an outline and, and covering certain topics. We're just going to talk diesel punk tonight. And for those of you who might be listening to... This podcast for the very first episode. What is Diesel Punk? Well, we um, Larry kind of defines it as a mashup of the uh, art, culture, music, entertainment, uh, style of the uh, 1920s through the 40s, mashed up with uh, the uh, sensibilities, the the production. The concepts and and philosophies of today, of contemporary culture. Um, That's a pretty good definition, I think. For us, you know, it's contemporary in origin, meaning it was created since the end of the diesel era. For most intensive purposes, that's 1945 on. Uh, It's uh, got decodense, or the aesthetics of the era, the 20s through the 40s. And it's got punk it's uh, countercultural. It's got sci fi. It's got fantasy. It's got alternate history, alternate tech, those types of sci fi and fantasy elements. And so, if you're joining us for the first time here on the Diesel Powered Podcast, welcome. And um, we're going to talk stuff that is diesel punk in pop culture the stuff that we're digging and listening to and getting into and um, all of that fun stuff. So, John and Daisy. Mr. Wofford and Miss Daisy, I'll lead it off here because um, there's a new publication coming out this Wednesday, August the 19th, that is a collected hardcover edition, Daisy, you ready for this, of the the Max Fleischer Betty Boop newspaper comic strips.
1: Oh, fantastic.
0: Complete, complete collection, hardcover, on shelves this Wednesday.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, you know. Well, who's was, putting it out? Uh,
0: you know what? Oh, you would have to ask me that. Um, oh. I'll have to look it up. Uh, it, is, it is not uh, Dynamite. Dynamite's getting ready to do a new Betty Boop series that's going to be an all ages series. This is another publisher that is I think just getting ready to capitalize on Dynamite's release and Betty Boop's been in the news a lot with comic fans and comic geeks and I think they're just kind of you know trying to to strike while the iron is hot but uh, you know what a great time and and for those of you who aren't familiar with Betty Boop it's a great way to get on board and um, you know the the ads for it Daisy and we've talked about this. You know, mention that before Marilyn Monroe, before Madonna, before any any of the scandalous female characters that we know in pop culture, there was
1: Betty Boop. Yes, there was. Yes, indeed. Because, you know, you see her all over the place. You see her on, you know, car decals, coffee mugs everywhere. And she's this cute character. But what a lot of people don't know is if you go back and watch those old cartoons, there was some pretty racy stuff in them. And it was, uh, yeah, she was called out by name when they were writing the Hays Code.
0: Yeah, so the Hays Code. Yeah. Yeah. Tell our listeners what that is.
1: Well, in the uh, early 1930s, some people got together about in the music industry and decided that there was too much sin going on, on and off camera. So they came up with a a big list of rules of what you could and couldn't have on film. Uh, Some of the examples would be uh, you can't show that crime pays. Like the villain, the criminal always has to, He always has to fall at the end of the movie. He has to die. He has to go to prison. He has to be punished for what he did. You can glamorize... You know, you might glamorize him all through the movie, but at the end, he gets in trouble for what he's done. And, uh, you know, the... um, Things with relationships, you know, you couldn't say anything bad about religion. You couldn't have religious figures made fun of or made in villains. Uh, You couldn't have uh, people... You couldn't have the good guys um, using certain kinds of weapons or fighting in certain kinds of ways. I wish I had a list of it all with me, but uh, they had a list of what they called the don'ts and be carefuls of what not to have in your movies. So, so you could send a more wholesome message.
0: So ob- obviously we've gotten away yeah. from that. Um, yeah. That was probably uh, replaced by the uh, the rating system. The studio yes, rating system. But that's that's interesting. So everything was pretty heavily censored.
1: Yeah, and if you'll notice, uh, watching Betty Boop's cartoons, you can tell which ones came before and after Bay how long longer skirt is.
0: Well, you know, that's interesting, because another sex symbol icon of the diesel era was Mae West. And, oh yes. And May West was quite the scandal. And there's still some May West films or clips of films that you can only find on adult websites.
1: Mm, I I believe it.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's it's a funny thing, you know how. You know, in a lot of ways we talk about how, you know, backward or conservative you know, the, the diesel era or, the you know, the early 20th century was. But in a lot of ways, uh, we've become more prudish in contemporary time than they were then. You know, especially...
1: I would say... Go ahead. No, I was just going to agree with you. I would say there were some things that they touched on in some of those early movies that uh, they would have shocked us now.
0: Well, you know, Sally Rand... In 1934, did her famous fan dance at the Chicago's World Fair, in front of a mainstream audience. And for those of you who don't know, she had these giant fans, and that was it. She did that act completely nude, and uh, covered herself with the giant fans. And at the time, that was mainstream entertainment. Today, it is it is considered adult entertainment, and you know, 21 and up and only in the you know certain types of venues so uh, yeah
1: i can uh, i can think of at least two war brothers cartoons that made direct reference to her and the stuff that she did so yeah and those would but back then cartoons weren't just for kids but now you know people think it's just for kids so they got to be cleaned up you know what i'm saying
0: yeah yep i do i do so anyway betty boop collected edition hits shelves this wednesday and uh, if you're into Betty Boop and into comics and, and classic comic strips, you'll want to check that out. Now, Mr. Wofford, you are going to be particip- attending the Hot Springs Festival of Magic. And one of my buddies, uh, who is very similar to me in visual aesthetic But very different in performing style is my buddy Bizarro, and we've been friends for a long time, but Bizarro is going to be performing there in Hot Springs at the Festival of Magic and a lot of other performers. Tell our listeners a little bit about that.
2: Um, Festival of Magic will take place September 25th, 6th, and 7th. There will be several free performances uh, outside and a lot of street magic. Uh, Several of the restaurants will have uh, magicians doing magic throughout the day at the restaurants. And there will be several performances, including the Grand Galas, each night. And the festival will close with Maxwell Blade, who has been in Hot Springs doing magic 20 years, doing his 5,000th show. There's going to be a good dozen magicians, a couple of balloon artists, uh, even three or four of the local magicians are actually performing in uh, there uh, the local magicians that I know there will be uh, Randall Eller and he'll he'll also be doing some of the restaurant magic and so will Scott Davis who is real real good and Derek Rose and then they also have uh, for most people who don't know a lot of magicians they'll know like one or two names you might know Jeff McBride who will be there yeah it's And then the other one that seemed to be a big name but I don't recognize is Rokas, R-O-K-A-S. I'm not familiar with him. But there's, there's, like I said, there's going to be a good dozen big-name magicians. Um, Josh, uh, not Josh, John Venus, Paul Pratt, or Prater. Yep. Um, Tommy Hu is one of our local balloon guys. Uh, Steve Owens. Ken Boyer, and Jaquel, and then, of course, Maxwell Blade is performing every night as well.
0: Yeah, and the reason we brought this up for the podcast is because, obviously, John and I are both magicians, and, um, uh, you know, we're we're calling John the Amazing Mr. Wofford. We're, We're giving him the nickname the Diesel Houdini because he does escapes, and he's a diesel punk. So uh, he's going to be the Diesel Houdini, uh, and of course, you know, I play Big Daddy Cool, the King of Swing, the Tower of Power, Diesel Punk, Chicago gangster-turned-entertainer, but uh, the reason the Festival of Magic is kind of significant is, one, Jeff McBride is one of my mentors. He really helped me along uh, the line. Bizarro is a very good friend of mine. We go back 20 years um, and whenever I'm out in Vegas we get together and hang out and uh, he's got a diesel punk es- uh, aesthetic his act is more punk rock which maybe makes him more of a diesel punk than you or I even are John because you know his music is very heavy heavy rock and roll uh, punk rock and uh, but he's got that diesel aesthetic with the fedora, the trench coat, and, um, the, the ties, you know, very, uh, very similar aesthetic to what I do, but, um, Who
2: has your red fedora?
0: Well, that's right. And, you know, he and I have talked about doing a red hat tour together. Um, and, and every now and again, we, we kick it around and we might do it someday. I, I don't know. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun. We got to get our schedule synchronized, but, uh, yeah, it, his act is worth seeing. Jeff McBride is worth the trip. If you are within shouting distance, if you if you can get in the car or hop on the plane, get on a bus and go to Hot Springs just to see Jeff McBride, he is worth seeing. Now, have you ever seen Jeff live, John?
2: And no, I haven't. This will be my – this will actually be my first time going to, like, a magic festival or a magic weekend. I've never even made one of our conventions.
0: Oh, well, you'll you'll have a ball, and um, make sure you introduce yourself to Jeff. Make sure you introduce yourself to Bizarro. Tell him you're a buddy of mine. You do the show with me. Um, they'll, you'll, you'll love them. You'll have a blast with him. Now, Max Blade, I've never seen his act, but I've known of Max for about 20 years now. I can't believe it's been that that long either. Um, He was starting out just around the time that I moved to Nashville. And um, he was doing a gangster character also in in Hot Springs there. Fitting because the gangster museum is there, right? Yep. So uh, I don't know uh, if he's still doing that act. You thought maybe he was?
2: I think I... I think I read something where he's still doing that uh, as part of it, but I'm not. I'm not real sure if that's what I read or not.
0: Yeah, so I mean, he was doing some cool stuff back in the day. Um, I kind of lost touch with him over the last couple of years, to be truthful, and and now to hear that he's doing this festival, that's fantastic. Now, is this is this the first year for this festival, or is this uh, something that's been going on? I I'm right. not familiar with it.
2: It used to be called the Cavalcade of Magic.
0: Oh, okay, yes.
2: It's been yeah. going on several years, and um, the prices are very reasonable. Um, I've already paid to, to go see five of the performances, and I'm planning to attend a couple of the free ones. And uh, it's $15 for any single magician performance, and then 25 for the big multi-magician gala shows at the evening.
0: Wow, so it's à la carte basically.
2: Yes, and uh, and for us magicians, there are some stuff just for us, some lectures and teachings with Bizarro, and um, Jeff McBride and a couple of the mentalists.
0: Well, that's fantastic. So when is that? When does that happen?
2: September twenty fifth, sixth, and seventh. Oh,
0: okay. doggone. It. I was hoping it was going to happen before River City Comic Expo, so you could show me some of the stuff you learn, but you will be able to show some of the stuff you learn and maybe incorporate some new stuff into the performances we do at Geekonomicon in December.
2: Maybe. Maybe. Listen to you. (laughs) Well, you do know, practice, practice, practice till you think it's perfect, and then practice more before you show it.
0: Well, yes. However, my mentor, Jeff McBride, who you are going to go see, will tell you, that you cannot get frozen by perfection. And what that means is so many magicians, so many performers in general, you know, say, I can't do this, I can't show it until it's perfect, and what ends up happening is they never show it at all. Because in live theater, in live performance, it's never perfect. Can't be. That's the essence of live theater. Although, I, um, I did have a near-perfect performance last night Um, when – oh, Larry's trying to dial in. I'm going to pull him in. Um, When I debuted my brand-new one-man show, Tales from the Flipside, uh, here in Nashville. Here he is. Here I am. How you doing? Boss Larry Larry is with us. Doing great. Thanks for joining us, Larry. You did it's been a while. How you been? I'm doing fantastic. So we were just talking, you know, just kind of shooting from the hip, Larry. We were talking about Betty Boop, uh, the Collected Edition, coming out Wednesday. Wofford and I were talking about the Hot Springs Festival of Magic. I was just, uh, you know, getting ready to talk about River City Comic Expo coming up. Um, Wofford and Daisy and I are going to be there. And... Uh, Oh, you guys know that that Tommy Hancock of Pro Se Productions released the cover art for my novel, Tales from the Flipside, The Adventures of Big Daddy Cool and the Bombshell Kittens. Have you guys seen it? Yes, I have. It is great. Well, we hope. we're. I'm probably not allowed to announce this, but we're keeping our fingers crossed. We hope to have... Copies in hand at River City Comic Expo. Wow!
1: Ooh, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. I do too.
0: I, I really do too because it will make that trip worth it for me to be able to uh, sell copies of that book. It's not guaranteed. I'm not promising that we'll have it, but that is the goal. And uh, I hope Tommy doesn't get mad. You just
1: want to. And you just want to hold your baby, you know? Well, that's right. You guys know, well, I mean,
0: Wofford, you were there a year ago when the handshake was made. Yep. And, you know, we were hoping to get it out sooner this year. Uh, you know, we were shooting for the first of the summer. But, um, you know, it's amazing. It it, it it is a labor of love. It's taken a year to get it all, you know, written, edited, squared away. I had two editors and... Um, they did a great job, and I'm just I'm, – I'm super excited. I've seen the, what they call the galley proof, which is you know, kind of like um, – uh, well, it's what the book will look like, um, just not bound and, and whatnot. But the formatting, it's just – it's gorgeous. I'm super happy about it, and I couldn't be more pleased to be with a publisher like Prosay Productions. I think they are perfect for what I'm doing. And Larry, you'll you'll appreciate this. One of the things that I see in Dieselpunk cosplay is kind of this lack of reason for these cosplay characters to exist. Um, And and in this book, Tales from the Flipside, I've given all of our Dieselpunk friends that are creating fictional or alt-history characters a starting point A Reason to Exist in the Contemporary Modern Age. Oh, cool. Yeah. Can't wait to see that.
2: Nice.
0: I'm I'm very happy about it, and I would love it. You know, I didn't write it as a goal for this to happen, but I would love it if the community would pick up on the the jumping point that I've created and and embrace it. I, I would be more than thrilled. That was not my intention, but at the end of the day, when I'm reading it back, I'm like, holy crap. This could really be something like a game changer for the diesel punk community, creating something that steampunk doesn't have. So, anyway, you'll have to wait and see more about that. So, Larry, what do you got going on? What are you into? Well, right now, the uh, North Texas diesel punks
3: are taking a little time off this summer. They're taking this month and next to a little reorganizing and seeing what direction we want to go. However, come October, we're going to have our annual Halloween movie. This year is going to be the Diesel Punk Classic Young Frankenstein. Oh,
0: and
2: yes.
3: Frank oh, boy, oh,
2: boy, oh, boy, oh,
0: <laughs> boy. <laughs> so right.
3: that's big, big stuff going on right there. We're excited about it.
0: Ready? Everybody together. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits?
2: For the red. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes indeed. So
0: that's a big that's a
3: big thing going on right now. All fired up about that.
0: <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. It will be. A lot of fun. Well, speaking of Halloween, um, we might as well let the uh, audience in. We we've been scheming and masterminding and we're going to launch a second roundtable episode in October, um, starting around Halloween. And and every other week, um, so twice a month you'll get the, the pop culture roundtable, and then once a month you'll get this new roundtable that we're going to create focusing on personalities of the diesel era. Real people from history that had made a contribution to the diesel era and beyond and that, uh, have a, a lasting effect, I guess, or a lasting influence on what we call diesel punk. And I think we've decided for October, we're going to talk about Harry Houdini and HP Lovecraft.
3: Oh, perfect.
0: So little teaser there, that'll be coming up. So, uh, You know, one of my favorite diesel punk movies is Peter Jackson's King Kong. Right. And I don't know if you guys have seen these yet. Wofford, you probably already have um, because I know you work in retail. But yesterday I was out at Target and I saw some new reissued Blu-rays. And one of them was Peter Jackson's King Kong in what they call the Steel Cases. Um, you know, they come in the, the hard steel, uh, case and, and the cover of it though, looks like a comic book cover or comic book page with different panels of action. And there's a whole line of them, but one of them is King Kong. And so I'm, th- and here's the best part. It was nine ninety nine.
3: Wow.
0: Really? Yeah. And I don't have it on Blu-ray. I have it on DVD. And I've been slowly, as you know, some of these classic or my favorite diesel punk movies come out on Blu-ray, I've been trying to snatch them up. And so, uh, you know, I think uh, for $9.99, King Kong is is a steal. Any any uh, diesel punk movies or books you guys are into that you want to share with the audience?
2: There's one um, that's filming currently in Paris, I believe. Um, The plot is pretty tightly under wraps, but it's called Planetarium, and it stars Natalie Portman and Lily Rose Depp, the daughter of Johnny Depp. Wow. And they're to play spiritualist sisters in the 1930s era, and um, it's, it's supposed to have a political context that will also have a modern resonance with the current crisis and rise of extremism in Europe is what is what uh, was said in an interview but that's really pretty much all I know about it but it, other than it is set to be hopefully released in May of next year what is it called? Planetarium
0: Planetari- I haven't heard anything about that
2: oh, I just I- heard about it and the article I'm referencing is from May of this year
0: Wow, how did we miss that one?
2: I have no idea.
0: Interesting, interesting. Um, Larry, anything you're hip to? Well, no, it's pretty quiet out there.
3: Uh, I'm really quite surprised. Not a lot, actually, especially considering that we're, you know, with the 70th anniversary of the end of World War II, just passed, would have thought it'd been a little bit more but it's not that. I yeah. really don't have
0: any of that. Yeah, you know, I, I've been, um, you know, looking for right. new movies to watch and, and coming up empty. I will tell you guys this. I tried, I really tried to watch the movie Immortal. Immortal? Yeah. It, it was a recommendation from one of our fans, Stuart McKay, who, uh, you know, has been a sponsor of ours in the past, and and um, he recommended it as a uh, great movie with Diesel aesthetics, and I really tried to watch it, and and it does have some great Diesel aesthetics. What they tried to do was create more of a future Diesel punk, and do the you know, the the cinematography style the way they did um, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. You know, immortal or immortal? Immortal. Singular. Oh. And I, I gotta tell you, it was unwatchable. Really? Yeah. I, I couldn't bad. I couldn't get past thirty minutes of it. There was no discernible plot. And you know, they they bounced around between using live action actors and CGI actors. And the CGI was so blatantly CGI. I just I couldn't I, I couldn't figure out why they would use some characters as real life, some as CGI, and you intermingle them and bounce back and forth. It was horrible. Now huh. the aesthetics are definitely diesel punk, future yeah. future diesel punk. Um, but yeah, it, it was just a horrible movie. A lot of people are talking about Brazil, though, Larry. I know that's one of your favorite movies. Oh, I love that movie. That's yeah, great. I mean, that is a perfect
3: example of a dystopian piecraftian diesel pump, Uh Brazil. And for those that don't know, uh, what that means, you know, diesel punk, early in its identification, uh, was... Classified, especially movies, were classified based on certain themes, and they got their names by the uh, authors who were discussing the matter. Nick Otter and a man that went by the pen name of Mr. Piecraft. And Mr. Piecraft, one of the genres he identified, he called Dystopian, and uh, I believe it was Flying Fortress website, which is no more said that he a, called it a dystopian high craftian based on his interpretation and dystopian is just what he might sound like 1984 style and, and brazil is a great example of that in my opinion.
0: yeah you know and believe it or not larry i've never seen that movie oh really yeah i yeah, and I've I've really gotta I've really gotta make a conscious effort effort to see it.
3: It's very um uh, it well it's may be meant by I think Terry Gilliam. So it has this pythoness element to it. Uh, so it has this kind of bizarre twist to it. Um, but it's worth seeing.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's definitely on my list, and and I'm gonna make a conscious effort to see it in the next couple of weeks. Um, now, Daisy, you had mentioned in our uh, pre-show communique that you had some additional information to add about River City Comic Expo.
1: Additional information?
0: You said you had more to talk about with River City. Well,
1: there are some things that I want to talk about, but I think I'd I'd rather talk about them. at River City, instead of on this tonight's podcast, that's Uh, what I was saying.
0: Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha.
1: I was going to talk about uh, Steam Powered Giraffe's new album Vice Quadrant, which they've been teasing us a lot about it and, you know, giving us little snippets of lyrics and things to do with it. You know, every day, there's just a little bit more. They release the name of a track every day and like a snippet of the lyrics of that track every day. And uh, they put out, they actually put out a music video for one of the tracks yesterday, which was pretty neat. But uh, I'm going to be talking about that more at River City because it'll not only be closer to the date, but I pre-ordered it so I may actually have it in my hands by then.
0: Excellent. So River City Comic Expo, Daisy, Wofford, and I will be there. We'll we'll be recording live from the convention floor, just like we did last year when we first met Daisy. So if you're going to be in the area, come by, and you can tune in and see how we make this magic happen and uh, be a part of the live audience. We may even pull you in and have you on the air uh, without you even having any kind of preparation. That's always fun. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, I have one last thing I want to just let our listeners know about. Uh, Coming up September 10th and September 12th, If you're in the Nashville, Tennessee area on September 10th, I am going to be performing with the Bombshell Kittens on a show called Carnival Fantastique at Mad Donna's. And the headline artist is an electro swing DJ from Chicago named Vortek. Larry or Mr. Wofford, have either of you heard of Vortech? It's tickling my brain. I think I have. He, well, I've it. Well, he is one of the uh, leading DJs in the electro swing movement. And, you know, I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago. And, Larry, I don't know if you were part of the uh, conversation that night. You know, there's a lot of electro swing out there and and stuff that is legitimately labeled electro swing. You know, when we started this podcast, it was hard to find music that was specifically labeled uh, electro swing. Now there's a massive library of it out there on the net, on iTunes and Pandora and Spotify. But this is, I I don't want to say it irritates me, but it's interesting to me that the electro swing movement, which is for sure a product of the diesel punk aesthetic has been embraced and claimed by our steampunk brothers and sisters. Well, so, they like it. Uh, well, of course not. Well, who doesn't? I, I just, I find it funny that electro swing is being labeled as steampunk.
3: I see that makes no sense. Uh,
0: I agree. I think we talked about
3: this once. It doesn't have—I mean, the very term "swing." Uh, everybody would agree would ties it into the 30s and 40s. The the imagery is all from that era. If you look at their uh, promotional material, uh, look at the songs that they remix. It's all from that era. I don't—I don't see the theme at
0: all. But you know what? hey, our, our our steampunk brothers and sisters can borrow from us and have fun too. I only say that because that is how this event is being marketed. It's being marketed to the local steampunk community. Um, and I would love for the Nashville diesel punks to come out in force and uh, you know help us uh, show that there is a community out there that, uh, you know, not just embraces, but gave birth to what everybody else is digging. Yeah. And then on September twelfth, I'll be doing swinging at the Roxy with the Bombshell Kittens at the South Jackson Civic Center in Tullahoma, Tennessee. Woohoo! Woohoo! Big Tullahoma. Actually, it is a great theater, and um, they do a lot of Diesel era inspired events down there. Uh, They have an annual Great Gatsby fundraising event. And uh, that's how I became associated with them. And uh, now they're having us in to do uh, Swing at the Roxy, which is set in 1946. And a lot of great swing music, magic, and dance. A lot of fun for everybody involved. You ought to come check it out. Guys, that's all I got for this week. You guys have anything else to add? Not for
3: diesel-punk activity. Like I said, it's pretty quiet right now.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's calm before the storm. Yeah,
2: yeah. That could be true. Larry, I think Larry wanted to talk a little bit about um, something with World War II.
3: Well, we just crossed a, a, a milestone uh, on the 70th anniversary of the end of the war. And depending on what school of thought you are when it comes to diesel punk, many would say that marked the end of the source material for the genre. Um, even if you don't hold that, I mean, it was really an important element of the genre. It, so, it,
0: it is one of the key milestone dates, whether you hold... That it's the end of the timeline or not, it is a major, major date. Exactly.
3: Uh, of course, Japan, once again, uh, in the news for how they address historically their role in the war, um, with you know, with their polity, uh or some of the lack of certain words that was looking for. They reinforce that, well, we've apologized in the past, but we don't feel like we should continue having to say new apologies. Um, it, so there was some controversy of uh, course, Germany uh, long ago faced uh, what, what they had done. And the interesting thing on Germany is that Recently, they unearthed the wreckage of a U.S. fighter that crashed in February of 1945 on German soil. Um, And it had the remains of a young French pilot inside, and we even have his name, uh, Antoine Allard. He was 25 in Paris. Um, They've known about it, but they've finally been able to retrieve uh, and... uh, his body, and uh, a German soldiers placed the French flag and flowers on the side.
0: is it my imagination, Larry, or has the media not really been very vocal about the 70th 70th anniversary of the end of World War II?
3: Oh, oh no, I don't think it's your imagination, Johnny. Uh, you would have thought it would have been leading headlines. It would have been events. It would have been.
0: Uh, There's hardly anything out there. A blip on Facebook's timeline is all I knew. A little bit to
3: talk about the uh, Hiroshima and, you know, going back over, you know, could it have happened? What would have been the consequences in the way of uh, death, especially on the U.S. side? Um, had we invaded the island? rather than, uh, use nuclear weapons. Um, that was, I saw some discussion on that, but not much. And I'm really surprised we didn't see seen, uh, World War II-related movies, or at least the showing of those on the paper paper networks. You're right, Johnny, that's a good observation.
0: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I, you know, I just thought of that as you were talking about it. Um, Well, that's interesting. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. And um, you guys can celebrate the 70th 70th anniversary of the end of World War II by having your own World War II movie viewing party. You know what? I think I'm going to pop in Inglorious Bastards.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with World War II. I'd have to say Patton. It's
0: a good one. (laughs) Oh, hey, Larry, I finally saw a movie you recommended, Emperor... With Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that was a great movie.
3: I thought you'd like it. Yeah, great movie. I think Tommy Lee Jones is probably one of the best things in the movie. He's fantastic. He captured McCarthy. I
0: thought. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. I recommend it for everybody, everybody. Well, hey, guys and gals, we're coming up uh, on 45 Minutes here. Uh, I said it was going to be a short episode tonight. But we've actually covered a ton of stuff. We've had a lot of content tonight. Um, any any last words before we uh, call it a night? Bueller? Bueller? Bueller. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't have anything. I like to say it's been quiet, uh, but like, I like to he's right. Maybe it's too quiet.
0: Yeah, well, Geekonomicon is right around the corner, December 10th, 11th, and 12th. Uh, Or actually, December 11th and 12th is when we're going to be there. And um, that will be the storm. And uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll have more details about that coming up. But uh, mark your calendars now for Biloxi, Mississippi, Geekonomicon, December 11th, 12th, and the 13th. It'll be on Sunday, too. Um, And uh, we're going to have a great time. We're going to be there. Larry is the Dieselpunk guest of honor. I am one of the entertainment guests of honor I found out this week, along with, um, uh, what's his name, Uh, Voltaire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. I can't wait. Um, All of you listening, we'd love to hear your comments. Send us an email at feedback at dieselpoweredpodcast.com, or you can uh, tweet us, send us a message on the Twitter at diesel podcast and of course uh, check us out on Facebook uh, just uh, do a search for diesel powered podcast like us on Facebook you can interact with us you don't have to just click like on our post you can comment and send us messages it's a miracle <laughs> and uh, also the dieselpoweredpodcast.com dot com where you can listen to archived episodes and uh, we're also available on iTunes and Stitcher and guys, just so that you know, I don't know if you saw, we are officially now averaging five thousand downloads per episode on iTunes and Stitcher. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Our first episode we had ten. <laughs> and now we're I'm a aver-
1: long way, baby.
0: Yeah. Hey, and trust me, I'm I'm crowing those stats to as many potential advertisers and sponsors as I can. Not that I'm a greedy capitalist, although I am. I would love to monetize this so that uh, we have more financial resources to expand, have better production, maybe go to more events as a group. And uh, so uh, we're working on that. But if you're listening, you can actually donate to the cause by clicking the Donate Now button. On our uh, website at dieselpoweredpodcast.com, and that helps keep the light on and uh, pay for uh, very expensive broadcast time, and um, you know may even help get us to a con near you. Well, guys and gals, that's it for this week. Um, I uh, I just want to sign off and and thank everyone for tuning in. We couldn't do it without you guys, the fans. We couldn't be at that 5,000 download mark. So if you like the show, tell 2, 300 of your closest friends and family to check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Larry, why don't you uh, lead us off?
3: All right. Well, uh, thank you, Johnny. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a great episode. And uh, and I'll just point out what I always say to everybody you know, when it gets down to it. Uh, during this hot summer day, check on your neighbor. Uh, make sure you bring the dog in. Uh, don't let them go them. Bottom line, take care of each other. If that's what life is all about.
0: Very, very cool. And uh, Mr. Wofford?
2: Well, I'd like to – it's been a while since we've done this, and we should do this probably every show. I'd like to thank uh, Wolfgang Parker for allowing us to use his Mini the Moocher as our theme and our closer tonight. And not just check out his music, fellas. Um, he's a children's author, a photographer, and he's recently re- uh, done his first book that's not a children's book. So check out his other stuff as well. And uh, take care of yourselves until next time. Excellent. Daisy? Just
1: just keep an eye out, everybody, because the, the diesel storms are coming. I can feel it in my bones.
0: <laughs> and when Daisy oh, well. speaks, you better listen. Oh, yeah. And I'll uh, sign out as usual. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, swing hard, swing often. We'll catch you on the flip side.
2: She was a red hot blue chikucha. She was the roughest, toughest frail. But Minnie had a heart as big as a whale. John. I'm mm-hmm.